Good morning and a very happy new year to all of you this morning. 2021 is underway. We are three days in and I want to thank all of you who are joining us online, who are joining us here in person this morning. I don't know if this was a planned trip to church today or if this is one of the boxes that you were going to check on your New Year's resolutions. I need to get to church more on a Sunday. Thank you. Great to see you here this morning. I hope this resolution continues on. I hope you had a great Christmas. And uh, I think if we're honest, we are all ready for a new year. So we here at Connect are praying that uh, God will do some amazing things here uh, in our community, in all of us, through all of us to impact Washington and the surrounding areas. I hope he impacts your life this year as well. Uh, my prayer is that if you don't yet have a relationship with God, that 2021 will be the year that you make that decision to say, Jesus, I want you to be a, uh, the largest part of my life, to be the Lord of my life. So we start off a new series this morning that I think is uh, very well timed for the beginning of a year. And uh, as I was thinking about what I was going to talk about this morning, I went all the way back to my childhood. And uh, I can remember one of the first toys that I had. And I discovered you can actually still buy it today. I got it here at Walmart. And uh, I don't know if it was a Christmas present or something I got during the year, but this toy was called Simon. Okay, um, as you can see, it's pretty retro here. Back in the 80s, this was very high tech. And the goal of the game, Simon, let's see if Simon's on. Now we've got to turn him on here. And uh, it's very, very complicated, very difficult game. You basically press the button. And you have to copy him. Red, yellow. Red, yellow, green. Red, yellow, green. Oh, wrong one. Game over. I can remember for hours playing this game. It was so good, and I just really enjoyed it. And it gets, there's more and more lights light up, and you've got to kind of follow the, the progression, and it gets harder and harder. And I was thinking about it because there's kind of a modern-day version of Simon now. Maybe some of you guys have got this game in your house. It's kind of a similar concept. It's called Bop It, and um, it's a little bit more modern. Let's see if this one's ready to go, and I'm going to pull this first. Okay, so you press the Bop It button. High score, And here he goes. He started. Bop it. Twist it. Twist it. Pull it. Pull it. I legitimately got that wrong. Here's the thing, I've played both these games, and whether it's my selective memory or not, but I feel like when I was a kid and I played Simon, the, the, the uh, length of the lights got longer and longer, but the pace stayed the same. When I played Boppy, I feel like the longer you go, the faster it gets, and even the voice itself seems to intensify. So the longer you play Bop It, the more stressed out you get because you're pulling, twisting, bopping, whatever you're doing, because it's getting faster and more stressful. And I got thinking about it, and I thought, it's pretty apt that this was the game of the 80s, and this is the game of today, because I feel like, and maybe it's just me, but that's how life has become. Back then, when I was younger, it just seemed to be a little bit more slow-paced, a little bit more easygoing. Now, it's kind of just stressful and reacting and responding. And, and instead of living proactive lives, we, we find ourselves living reactive lives. Which is why I think it would be great to start off this year to, to look at this phrase, ducks in a row. See, if you've ever heard that phrase before, you'll know what it means when, when I say ducks in a row. To get your ducks in a row is to get things organized. 
to get situated things in your life, whether it's time, families, relationships, work, um, whatever it may be, that we're going to look at a lot of areas over the next four or five weeks. But um, in each of these areas, what it looks like for us to get our ducks in a row. So that instead of being reactive and pulling and moving quick and responding to the different things in our life and, and, and our life feeling like it's getting faster and faster and more out of control, that, that maybe 2021 is the year that we'll say, you know what, I'm going to get proactive. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really work on getting my ducks in a row here in these areas of my life so that I'm not stressed out, so that I'm not responding all the time. So this morning, I thought a great subject to kick off with uh, on the very first Sunday of 2021 will be to look at our time, the time we spend doing things in our lives. This is a, a huge subject, time, and it impacts our work, our family, our attendance at church, activities with our kids. It comes into so many areas. And this morning, I'm hoping that we can look at this, this time that we have in our lives and decide, how can we get our ducks in a row when it comes to our time? How can we get a little bit more organized? Maybe 2020 taught us something about time and the value of time and the value of time together. And, and 2021 is going to be a year where we're going to reevaluate how we spend our time. So this morning, let's decide here. Let's try and figure out if uh, this message is for you. Okay, so I'm going to do a quick survey here, and we're going to assess whether or not you need to have a little bit of a, an adjustment in the area of time, whether the ducks in the time element of your life need to get in a row. So I'm going to mention a few things. I'm going to go through a list. Uh, if you feel comfortable and you sat here this morning, you can kind of raise your hand and say, yep, that's me. If you're online watching, you can maybe type in the comment and go, yep, uh, that's me. Uh, if you'd rather not say anything out loud, that's totally fine. You can choose the alternative approach of sitting there and as I read it, your spouse just kind of elbows you in the ribs and goes, that is totally you. That's you, that is. So number one, I've cut through a gas station parking lot to avoid stopping at a red light. Is that you? Ever got up to a red light and you thought, you know what? If I cut through this gas station parking lot right here, I could knock about 30 seconds off my journey. Is time so precious that that's you? How about this? Number two, I don't like to take vacations when there isn't something to do. I'm sure none of you can relate to that this morning, but I, if I'm totally honest with, me, with you, that's me, okay? When I go on vacation, I want to do stuff. I mean, we've, we've got two weeks here. We've got one week here. We've got to use this time as best as we can. Let's see and do as much stuff as we can. How about this? Hands up if this is you this morning. I often switch lines in the store because I think the one I'm in is too slow. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been in a line and that one seems really short and then you go over there and you, you watch the person who would have been you in the other line and, and they start to get closer? And uh, If you ever want to make sure you're in the fastest line and you see me in a store, just get in a line that I'm not in because somehow my line always seems to be the slowest line. How about this one? If you're making a trip to Peoria, you wait until you have at least three different reasons to go before making that journey all the way across to the other side of the river. It's so far away, Peoria, from Washington. So if you can relate to any of these things, then maybe this morning time is something that you need to assess in your life. Now, don't get me wrong. These aren't necessarily bad things because we all understand that we want to make the best use of the time that we've been given. We justify these in our minds when we cut through that parking or cut through that gas station. We're like, I'm just trying to make the best use of the time I've been given. Because we understand, don't we, that, that time is the most valuable asset in our life. 
I'll say that again. Time is the most valuable asset in our life. You might say, well, come on, Dave. I mean, when you're talking about assets, I mean, I've got a house, I've got a pension plan, I've got a bank account. Those are all assets. But if you think about it, Time is right up there with those. Otherwise, we wouldn't use phrases like how we're spending our time, how we're investing our time, how something can be a waste of our time. We understand that just like money and a career, that time is something that's very important. It's like an asset in our life. And because of that, we want to use it wisely. It's something of value that we've been given So if it's so valuable, if it's such a great asset, why would we want to live our lives reacting to it and responding to it instead of sitting and proactively coming up with a plan of the best way to use it? Of getting our ducks in a row when it comes to time. You know, there's someone who grasped the importance of time who we're going to look at this morning. He lived thousands of years ago. His name was Moses. And you may be familiar with the name Moses. You may not know his full story, but Moses was a Jew. And um, there's, there's a long story, but basically he found himself as a Jew being raised by an Egyptian king, by Pharaoh in Pharaoh's palace. So he's, he spends the first 40 of his years of his life in this just incredible luxury. I mean, he's basically, he's actually the almost the step-grandson to the king, the daughter of the king, the daughter of Pharaoh. She raises Moses as her own son. So even though he's a Jew, he's living in this palace, living a life of luxury. But somewhere along the way, we know from reading through the Bible that Moses discovered his his Jewish heritage. And in that, he looked at the Hebrew people in the, the kingdom of Egypt at that time, his people, and he saw that they were enslaved and that they were suffering. And at some point in his life, This bothered him so much that Moses felt like, I need to do something about this. I've been given some time here on this earth. And I now need to choose what I'm going to do with that time. So Moses, if you imagine, was living in the tension right there. What what do I do? Do Do I continue on enjoying this life of luxury where I can want for nothing? I have everything I can possibly manage or everything I can possibly desire. Or do I risk all of this to step out on behalf of my people, the Hebrews, the Jewish people who are suffering and in slavery? And that's the reason some of us have heard of Moses. That's the reason stories and movies have been made about the life of Moses, because he made that choice. He decided to do something. And any time we hear of a story of someone who chose to do something instead of nothing, it excites us. Because it shows that this is a person with purpose. This is a person who's decided to take the asset of time in their lives, the time they've been allocated, and to make it count, to be intentional, to not just respond and react, but to do something with the time, the asset of time that we've been given. And that's what Moses does. Moses steps out and does something. Now, here's what's interesting. So so with that background in place, we're actually going to look at something Moses himself wrote this morning. And we're going to find it in Psalms. 
Which is interesting because if you know the Bible, you, you often think of Psalms as being a book of poems and songs written by primarily King David and then other psalmists. But actually there is a psalm, one of the earliest psalms in the book of Psalms that was written by Moses himself. And it focuses specifically on the subject of time. We're going to look at it together this morning. Psalm chapter 90, verses 1 through 6 go as follow. Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from the beginning to the end, you are God. Throughout all of time. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. For you... A thousand years are as a passing day, as brief as a few night hours. You sweep people away like dreams that disappear. They are like grass that springs up in the morning. In the morning it blooms and flourishes, but by evening it is dry and withered. So there's this kind of poetic language here that Moses is using. It's almost a song, uh, a poem that Moses is writing to illustrate time in the context of, of eternity, in the context of God. How time is so much different to him, how he's always been there. How to God, a thousand years are like a passing day. How to, to him, to our lives, to him, to God, it's almost like the grass that's planted in the morning and by evening it's flourished and withered. We know that grass doesn't get planted in the morning, grow and then die by the evening. But that's the concept of time in God's perspective. And we feel that, don't we, in our lives? I don't know about you here this morning, but I feel like the older I get the speed of time changes. We've just got through Christmas, and I can remember as a kid, uh, the, the days and weeks leading up to Christmas. It was the longest period of time imaginable. I mean, it just couldn't get there any quicker. I was just like, come on. Yeah. And then the minute the tree went up and the presents were under the tree, it even seemed to drag out longer. It just seems to take so long to get to Christmas morning. And now, a few years later, I'll see something pop up on my phone. It'll be a memory from uh, Facebook or Time Hop, and it'll be a picture, and I'll think, oh, yeah, that was just the other day we did that. It'll say, five years ago. You went, five years ago? It just feels like yesterday that we did that. As we go through life, time seems to change speed, doesn't it? But to God, it's, the idea of time is even greater. To God, a thousand years or as a passing day or as brief as a few night hours. So with that in mind, Moses is asking us the question in Psalm 90, how should we view, how should we view this time that we've been given? What should we do with it? What, we, what should we do with this, this short, brief amount of time we've been given? Listen to what he says in verse 10. Seventy years are given to us. Some even live to eighty but even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. I think Moses is trying to illustrate here that it's, it's less about the time we've been given and more about the purpose of that time we've been given. Like how much time there is, how much we can squeeze into that time, how many things we can do, but, but instead to look at it from a different perspective and, and what is the purpose of the time that we've been given. Because when you understand the purpose of something, it changes things, doesn't it? 
we've got this drawer at home. It's in a, um, a bureau that the TV sits on. And uh, Casey, my wife, she hates this drawer because anytime you open this drawer, it's just full of cables. I know you've all got drawers like that in your house somewhere. And, and uh, most of the time, the drawer's shut, so I kind of get away with it. But every now and again, she'll need something. She'll open it. She'll be like, Dave, what are all these cables? And it's just, in, in her eyes, it's a mess. And, and it, in my eyes, it's a mess as well. And, and she'll say, let's just throw them away. I say, wait, 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 you can't. She goes, well, what's this one? I say, well, Case, we need that one because that's what powers this. And it might be, a, who knows what it is. I've got way too many things that need power in. And it, it's this, this, the cable that powers this particular thing. And suddenly it's like, okay, well, yeah, we do need to keep that. And it goes back in the drawer. Because suddenly it's got purpose. What was just a cable and a big mess of other cables now has some purpose. And I think when we look at the time we've been given, instead of looking at this mess and this craziness and the, the hours, we need to look at the purpose. There is a purpose behind the time that you and I have been given. And maybe in 2021, one of the things in getting our ducks in a row in the third day of this new year is to say, I don't want to just react to time as it tells me to bop it, pull it, twist it this year. I want to I be intentional. I want to find that, some purpose with the time that I've been given. I want to use that this year. Listen to what Moses says in verse 11. Who can comprehend the power of your anger? Your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. Moses is talking to God here. He says, who can comprehend the power of your anger? Your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. Look, we need to print that off and put that on the fridge. That'll cheer you up each morning if you read that verse, won't it? I think the reason Moses is, is using these phrases here, talking about the wrath and the anger of God, is we've got to remember the context in which he's writing it. I imagine, when I, when I think of Moses writing this, this psalm, I don't know when in his life he wrote it. But I imagine when he wrote it that he was thinking back to that moment in the palace. That moment when he knew he had a decision to make. Do I just ignore what's going on around me? carry on living my life? Do I, do I take the time I've been given and use it to, to satisfy me, to live in luxury? Or do I recognize that maybe me being in the palace is that there's a purpose? I need to do something about the suffering of the people of Israel. And as he was debating that in his mind, and it had to be a debate because I don't know about you and me, but I would imagine living in that palace, he had everything. Why would you want to give that up? But he was thinking about God. And he uses this verse, doesn't he? That who can comprehend the power of your anger? Your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. And I don't think Moses is saying that to scare us or to say, you know, you've got to be careful because God is really angry and he's just looking to, to smite whoever. But I think he was saying, we need to understand that to God, this is serious. This time we've been given, it's for a purpose. So we should take it seriously. And we should be intentional. We should have a plan for how we are going to use our time in this life. So Moses' prayer, and I'm hoping this morning as we kick off 2021, becomes your prayer as well, is found in verse 12. Moses says, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. When it comes to putting our ducks in a row in the area of time and the time we've been given, our prayer should be, God, teach us to realize the brevity of life, the, the, the shortness of life. Teach us to understand so that we may grow in wisdom. 
so that we may understand our purpose in this world. So I want to get real practical here this morning and, and just give you four really simple, practical phrases that if you want to write them down, you can. Uh, they'll be up on the screen as, as I say them. But four really simple, just practical things we can put in place when it l- comes to our time. The first, when we're thinking about the time we've got in our lives, let's, let's determine who is most important. When it comes to our time, instead of 2021 reacting and responding and getting quicker and quicker and more out of control to, to the time we've been given, why not come up with a plan of how we're going to use that time and, and to, to help us understand that plan, to help us formulate that plan, let's first determine who is most important. If you're married here this morning, that answer should be your spouse, not your job. If you have kids this morning, that answer would be your family, not your boss. And we get caught up in that so often, don't we? I think one of the great lessons for all of us, I know we, we joke about this, and I know many of you actually stayed up till midnight on 2020, not because you wanted to, to celebrate, but because you wanted to make sure that the year definitely ended. Because 2020 was a tough year, a rough year. You want to just get it behind you. But before we get it away too quickly, let's, let's look at some things that we did learn in 2020. I don't know about you, but I learned some, some really important lessons about quality time. There was a few weeks, a month or so in March, where everything was shut down. As a family, we played games together. We watched movies together. Our lives weren't as busy and hectic and chaotic as before. And I love doing stuff with my family, and I love being busy, and I love doing different things, but not at the expense of who is most important in my life. So let's determine, first and foremost, in 2021, who is the most important. Then, let's determine what is most important. Let's determine what is most important. I've got to be honest with you this morning, one and two, these are, these are me. I, this, this speaks to me more than anything. These are disciplines I want to put into my life this year. Who is most important? What is most important? Because every yes is a no to something else. Every yes, we say, is saying no to something else. And and we get so busy, don't we? And so many of us say yes to so many different things and get involved in so many different things. And many times, for great reasons, and it's not that some are unimportant and some are important, but every yes is a no to something else. So maybe we need to, to shave away. Maybe we need to start saying no to some things that aren't bad things, but they're just preventing us from having quality time in those areas of good things. Quality times in those areas of um, time with the people we've determined are most important. And here's another thing I want you to do here in 2021. If you're watching online this morning, if you're here in the auditorium, I want you to think about what's your role in the kingdom of God. Moses, we know from looking back, was his role was God was going to use him to rescue the people of Egypt, of Israel, out of Egypt. He recognized that in that moment, and he chose to leave the palace, go on a crusade, go on a mission. And we remember the life of Moses now as being the person who rescued the people. That was his role. That was the, the plan God had, had for him. He's got a plan for all of us. Even if this morning you're still kind of checking things out and you're not really sure what you believe about Christianity or about Jesus, I still think God has a plan for your life. God created you with purpose. You're not just a random cable in a drawer. There is a purpose in your life, every one of our lives. 
And that's why when we're trying to figure out how we're going to spend our time, we've got to really understand what our role is in life because then we can make sure that we're devoting time to that. I'm a pastor, so it's quite an easy answer for me as far as my role in the kingdom of God. But it's not just people who work in churches that have a role in the kingdom of God, who have a plan in God's kingdom, who have a purpose. Some of you here are teachers. Some of you here are healthcare workers. You're making an incredible difference in this world. Changing the minds of young people, helping people in need. There are some of you here this morning, you make a lot of money. You're great in business. And because of you, you're able to finance some of the things that move God's kingdom forward. You've chosen to to be generous. And your generosity means that organizations like Connect and other organizations outside are able to fulfill their mission. You've discovered your role in the kingdom of God. Some of you, you're kind of more behind the scenes. You're making a difference in prayer. You're making things happen um, in spreading the message of God's love. But you know what your role is there. And others of you, you're just incredible neighbors, friends, co-workers. But whatever it is, we all have different roles to play. But we all have a significant role in the kingdom of God. So where is God active in your world right now? And how can you get involved? Look around. Where where is God active in your world? It's it's not hard to find. If you ask God, God, I want to use my time this year more for you. I want to find my role, my purpose. It's not going to be difficult to find. God is going to show you very clearly. Look for where God is active. And then look to how you can be involved. So real simply, determine who is most important in your life. When thinking of time, determine what is most important. Determine your role in God's kingdom, your purpose. And then number four, give your time to those things. Give your time to those things. A few weeks ago, right before Christmas, Casey and I, my wife, we, uh, we had a meeting just here in the church. A lady called us up and a uh, great friend of ours, and uh, she's been at Connect now for a few years. And her story is an amazing story of how she came to Connect and how she found a relationship with Jesus. She came to tell us that she was uh, moving to another state, and she didn't want to text us or email us. She wants to tell us in person, and we had no idea why we were meeting with us, and when we found out we were very surprised, and, and not only was she leaving, but she was leaving very soon. So we had a great conversation with her, and we just were talking about her journey and remembering stories of um, how she came to connect, how she found this relationship with God. And it became clearer and clearer to me that there was time that we'd spent with this lady, both Casey and I, over the years, that had made a difference in her life. And as I was talking to her, I said, you do know, don't you, that the time we've had together over these last few years, you've made a difference in our lives. We've used this phrase with her before. We said, you know, if, if, if the only reason we were to plant Connect Church in 2013 was that we knew it was going to be the opportunity for you to come and find a relationship with Jesus, it would all have been worth it. And so many more have found relationships with Jesus uh, through the ministries of Connect. But this lady, her, her growth, her love for Jesus, she's, she's had a crazy life and, 
the, the thing I love about her story is she has time too. And the first part of her life was a challenging time. Went through a lot of hurt and brokenness and dysfunction, but then she met God. And this second half of her life now, it's just amazing what God is doing in her life and how she's using that time. And I said to her, the time you spend with us, it's changed me and Casey. I don't want to get so busy reacting and responding to everything that's going on that I miss the opportunity to fulfill the purpose, the role that God has, has put me in. And I think this year, this would be a great start for all of us at the beginning of 2021 to say, I'm not just going to spend time as it comes my way. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to invest time. I'm going to have a plan for this asset I have called time. About 1,400 years after that psalm was written by Moses. Another writer in the New Testament talks about the life of Moses in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. Listen to what he says, reflecting back on the life of Moses and the choice he made of how to spend the time he was given. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. He understood that time is so much more than the brevity of life. These 70, maybe 80 years, he says there in Psalm 90, that we're given on this earth. He knew there was a greater reward. He chose to use the time he was given, not on himself, not enjoying the pleasures of sin or the treasures of Egypt, but in making a difference. And I hope and pray as you start to get your ducks in a row here in 2021, that in the area of time, you'll make that choice too. Let's pray. Father, time is a commodity. There is a limited amount of it, and we don't know for sure how long our lives are, but we do know that there, is a, uh, there will come an end to every one of our lives. Lord, none of us want to look back at the end of our lives and wish we'd spent that commodity in a different way, wish we'd used that time more wisely. We don't want to react with regret. Help us to be proactive in how we're going to use our time. So this year, 2021, the very first Sunday of the year, Lord, I pray that every one of us would take some time this afternoon or this evening or this week to think about our time, our purpose, and what we can do with it, to be intentional and to come up with a plan. In Jesus' name, amen.